What's up, everybody? This is James with Workspace Real Estate. Today, we're going to talk about looking for commercial space, just a comprehensive guide. Now, I'm going to fly through a lot of these points, so don't be shy about contacting me if you need more information. I want to make sure that as you're jogging, sitting in the office, or just trying to download as much information as you can before you get your office space or your commercial space, that I give you the full Monty here. And um, hopefully we can dig into details as these episodes go on. So when you were looking for commercial space, here are some things you need to look out for. First and foremost, before you set foot into your car and drive around and look for property, you need to determine how much square footage you need. That was my very first podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, go to it now. Stop this one and go to that one first. Listen to that, then come back here. Okay. So once you determine how much square feet you actually need, then you need to determine the location that you need the property in. For retail users, you're gonna have a different set of requirements than an office or industrial user. Retail users are gonna be driven by traffic counts, by visibility, by how many rooftops are near you because customers drive your business. If you're an office user or an industrial user, your requirements may vary much differently. You may be thinking about what location is closest to your house if you're the CEO, or you're thinking about the most logistically available spot for you, your employees, and your customers. And you have to do a little bit of triangulation there to make things work. So once you know the square footage that you need, get the location down, okay? Once you have that down, you need to understand your budget. If you're getting a loan, this is already taken care of because the bank's not gonna give you a loan unless you have your rent numbers tightened up quite a bit. If you're pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, kudos to you. You need to determine beforehand how much you can afford. Don't go out there and look at super expensive spaces and then try to make it work. I'm telling you from experience, most businesses fail because of the lack of cash flow management. And the number one killer for businesses in that situation is their real estate costs are too high. I don't care if you're in retail. I don't care if you're in office or industrial. Make sure you have a budget. Make sure you have a budget that you can afford and look for things in that price range. Now, in future episodes, we can talk about some shortcuts and how to stretch a dollar, tell the eagle hollers, right? But for right now, make a budget and stick to it. Next thing you need to do is identify your competition. This is something that you can ask a broker. They should already have this on the ready. Every competitor for your business can be isolated, identified. We can see how much rent they have to pay. We can see how big their spaces are, their rent to revenue ratio. I'm sure your broker, if they're worth their salt, they can wow you with numbers, numbers that you'll need. So once you get all of that data, you can estimate how much they pay. Compare that to how much you're planning on paying, seeing, see if you're in line with each other. Now, next point, determine if you need office, industrial or retail. That sounds simple enough, but I will tell you, I represent some State Farm agents that were spending a ton of money on retail. Um, some of them found out they can use office space and cut their rent in half. Some people, pretty creative people, use industrial space and would pay a fraction of the cost because location was not as important as they initially thought. So make sure if you need retail that you absolutely need it first. If you don't need it, there's some cheaper options out there. You should talk about it with your local broker. Now, Next step is list out all of the amenities that you need in a space before you start looking. 
Now I'm talking about if you need a certain electrical requirements, make sure that's listed out. If you have industrial space and you need dock high versus grade level loading, make sure that's listed out. If you need a crane in your property for industrial, make sure that you put that on a sheet of paper so you and your broker understand what you need. If it's retail and you have certain equipment that's gonna go into the space or you have certain safety requirements or you need certain security requirements, you want everything that's essential listed out before you start looking. Trust me, it'll save you a ton of time. Next step is to prepare your financials. Most landlords in major markets are gonna need your last two years of tax returns or your profit and loss and balance sheet for the last two or three years. Now, if you're asking me, James, why is that? Well, it's quite simple. When landlords are looking at whether or not they're gonna lease to you, they want to see how viable your business is. New businesses with new financials get a totally different deal than experienced businesses. So I tell all of my clients, if you have an experienced business and you already have existing financials, I don't care if you think they're good or bad, let's get them let's get them prepared because you will get a better deal when a landlord can have some confidence in how you'll do. That's gonna translate into more free rent, more concessions, we can get more build out allowance, a ton of stuff. I'm talking saving um, hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially with just a good set of financials. So remember, last two years of tax returns or your profit and loss and balance sheet for the last two to three years. Next step is to determine how much capital you need for build out and determine how much tenant improvement you would like the landlord to contribute to actually build out the space. Now, in many cases, the space may not be perfectly built out to your liking. You're gonna have to move some walls, erect some walls, knock down some walls, you need some build up money there. So depending on your market, there's an art to negotiating this. You always wanna have some money set aside just in case you need to pay for it. Uh, I'm gonna go into future episodes on how to avoid that cost entirely and have the landlord pay for everything. Next, you wanna do a market study to take into account where you, your employees, and your customers live. This is a broker job. It's very hard for you to do it yourself unless you spend a ton of time on Google, and it's, even then, it's not gonna be as reliable. Um, someone that knows how to do this day in and day out can very quickly give you uh, the demographic data you'll need for your employees, you and your customers. That study is just gonna make sure that you're seated in the right area, okay? So once you have all that data, you can finally settle down on a three to five mile area or radius that you wanna focus on, okay? Next step is we create a test fit floor plan. Um, simple, let's simplify that. We just create a floor plan. You tell your broker, look, I need three offices, a conference room, a reception area, a kitchen, a bathroom inside, and if you're industrial, maybe some warehouse space. Okay, this is where we list out, even draw out, what we want. Why is this important? You need to do that because you may think you need 5,000 square feet of space and once you draw out your floor plan, an architect, a space planner, or a broker can look at that and say, hey, you can pull this off with half of that. You know, you may not need what you think you need. So drawing things out makes things real quickly. It also allows your broker to do a very specific search where we look for things that fit that ideal floor plan first, which will minimize build out costs and save you money, okay? So next step is we wanna determine how much you plan to grow in the next one, three or five years. Now I talked about this in the first podcast, but you know, we wanna determine, once we have your floor plan set up, how much you plan on growing. That's huge. 
because when we negotiate a lease, let's say you sign the average term, which is five years. Okay. You know, but let's say if you're a startup business, if you talk to an attorney, they're going to tell you, well, just sign a year lease, sign the shortest term possible. Well, you know what? Um, that's nice. And I, I agree with that when you can get away with it. But the reality is landlords aren't interested in a one-year lease. When you go in and try to do a one-year lease with a landlord, you're going to get no concessions. You're going to get no free rent. You're going to get the, the stated market rate. Uh, you're going to get no build out. And the next year, they're going to increase your lease, most likely in the major markets like Houston or Dallas or Chicago or New York. It, it's just it's just not going to happen. There's just too much competition out there. So realistically, you will enter into a three, five or seven year lease. Most likely three or five is the norm. So if you're going to be in a lease for a three year period or a five year period, you want to make sure that you get a space that can allow you to grow into it easily or you want to make sure that your broker or whoever's negotiating your lease can put the proper provisions in. So as you expand in year two and three and you need more space, that's already pre-negotiated. What you don't want is to negotiate with the landlord when you're already in a lease. That's the worst thing you can do. Why is that? Well, quite simply, you have no leverage. Imagine going to buy a car and all of the car salespeople see you get dropped off at the car lot. You ain't getting a good deal on a car if you got dropped off. It just ain't happening, right? It's the same way with negotiating a lease. If you're already locked in two years into a five-year lease and you ask the landlord, I need an expansion, guess what? They're going to they're gonna expand you. They'll love that. But they're going to expand you at the market rate. Now, that's not fair because if you had just planned a little bit ahead of time, we could have saved you 10 15% on that rent increase, which can translate into hundreds of thousands of dollars on a five-year term. Now, let me break that down a little bit further. If you're thinking, wow, James, that sounds like a lot of money. $100,000, are you serious? Well, let's take a major market like Houston. If you have a 3,000 square feet deal, which is not that big, 75% of all deals in major markets like Houston are anywhere from two to 4,000 square feet. They're in that range. So a 3,000 square foot deal in downtown Houston would command about $6,000 a month in rent. Now, in a, a lease term, that can be anywhere from $300,000 to $400,000 in total rent costs paid over five years. Now, I'm talking about shaving off anywhere from seventy dollars to $100,000 of that cost by simply understanding when and how to negotiate. It, it really is that simple and straightforward. Execution is another matter, which is why you want good, experienced people helping you. But the mechanics of it are quite simple. So get your forecast on the front end to save money throughout your lease. Let's go to the next one. So once we have your projected budget, once we have all your options in the desired territory, okay, and how much you're going to grow, we have determined your budget. I just went through that. I'm sorry. Now we're going to put all of your options within the desired territory that can work based on your square footage and rent. Now we're going to focus on the broadest parameters possible. I'll tell you why we're going to do that. We don't want to leave any stone unturned. One thing that's really, really important when you're looking for space is making sure that we see everything in the market to educate the business owner on what's out there. Now I've done deals in major markets like Houston, where the difference between a property next door was over $200,000 in savings. 
almost identical buildings, same amount of space, obviously different rents, obviously different concessions. But for the client, they had the same experience and the same value from either one of these spaces. And just knowing and having a relationship with the right people can mean that much of a difference. Catching a landlord when he's under a bank review for a refi makes all the difference in the world. He's motivated to get a deal done. Contrast that with a landlord that's 95% full, he ain't trying to negotiate. He's already got what he thinks he wants. He's gonna be a lot more firmer with his numbers. And you wanna see the whole gambit so you can make an objective decision. So first off, get all of the options within the marketplace that could work based on the broadest parameters possible. That's what a good broker is gonna do. Ideally, you wanna have no less than three and no more than 25 options if you're doing this right. Okay, if you've got 50 different options, guess what? Your parameters are too broad. You should have maybe three to 25 tops. Now, what I think you should do, because you're only looking in a three to five mile radius, take a day and drive by those options. The ones that you think you like. Drive by in the daytime and the nighttime. That's important. See if you like the area. See if you like the look of the building. Check for problems and parking during peak hours. Check for problem tenants. Do they have like a gaming quote unquote place or one of these undercover, really shady tenants there? Trust me, it'll ruin it'll ruin a building. So you wanna make sure there's no problems there. You wanna check the building for deferred maintenance. Are the windows clean? That's a sign, believe it or not. How do they keep up with the bathroom? Is the roof, what condition is the roof in? Have your broker do a drone shot over the building. We do that all the time. You know, you wanna do all this stuff beforehand before you get in too deep. Once you do your windshield tour, then you go ahead call your broker, tell them, hey, look, these are the properties I wanna see. Make a list from four to seven properties. Now what you're gonna do is tour each property. You take pictures, you're taking video, you're taking notes on what you like, love, and hate about each one. And once you're done with all that, you've seen the properties, you kick the tires, then you're gonna select the top two properties to start negotiations. Now from this process on, is where your broker should be taking the lead on this. There's gonna be a lot of paper going back and forth. That's important. That's very important because you want, you don't want things verbally said. People forget what they say. Landlords forget what they commit to you. And things said verbally can change at the drop of a hat. I love everything in writing with a proposal because you can nail people down with it and there's no, there's no confusion. Confusion kills deals. So make sure that proposals are on paper, proposals are very clear, and make sure that an expert is handling that process. You don't wanna be the bad guy and say that their offer's no good. You want your broker to do that. So that process, you get the best deal negotiated through a couple of rounds. Once the proposal's done, then you're gonna get the lease and you're gonna start over with negotiations with the lease. You're gonna redline that lease, remove all of the harmful provisions that are there, have your legal counsel or your broker's legal counsel review that. We have people on staff that do that for our clients. And once that's done, then of course, you're in a position to execute the deal. Now, once the deal is executed, of course, you're gonna, you're gonna be active in supervising the build out. And there's another role where you're supervising the actual move in. And then guess what? Once all that's done, you get to run your business in your new space. Congratulations, right? Well, we hope so. We hope everything goes very smoothly. Now, here's where there can be some hiccups. When you execute the deal, we have to make sure that you can get your proper certificate of occupancy based on where you live. There are different requirements there. That's another reason you need your broker to get involved. We need to understand what the landlord's gonna participate in, where that liability lies, 
and we want to partner to make sure you're getting in the space without any hindrances. And this podcast would be 10 hours if I went through all of the contingencies that can happen. But just keep this in mind. If you're thinking about going this alone, it is possible to do. We call that self-executing. You can totally do that. But um, I've been a commercial broker for 10 years. And the only residential deal I ever did was purchasing my own house. I regret that to this day. And I'm in this industry. I thought I got a great deal on the house, but you know what? Um, And as far as negotiating price, I think I did. But what I didn't do was I didn't know who to contact to get the right type of inspections done. I didn't get the people that were good, that really dug in. And what happened is I, I uncovered so many hidden things that I didn't see when I did the deal. But five years later, it was uncovered that I spent several times more money than I thought I saved by doing it myself. Or in my case, um, I spent several times more money than I actually got paid because I got paid as a broker. And I'm sitting here thinking, ha ha, I got got a check and I bought a house, I'm awesome. No, I spent way more money and it was a foolish decision and I'll never do it again. And so take my advice for what it's worth, but I'm telling you, if you have someone that knows what they're doing, they know where the bodies are buried, they will protect you and reduce your liability. Uh, And if they're doing their job, they're going to save you several times more money than their commission actually costs. The commission on a small lease deal like this may be a couple thousand dollars. A good broker can save you up to a couple hundred thousand dollars. So that's a no brainer. There, there, There really is. It's a no brainer for someone that knows what they're talking about. And you can tell if you want to if you want to find out, ask them if they know about this process, asking them what process they would take you through. If they can articulate it, it's because they've done it a lot. If they can't articulate it, move on to somebody else. Well, I'm going to try to keep this podcast short. So thank you for listening. I hope this was helpful to you. Give me some more ideas on what you want us to talk about. And and let's get into it, man. But happy hunting. And I hope to talk to you guys soon.